Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Bossing It, the weekly podcast for women in business brought to you by entrepreneurs Frankie Cotton and Lara Sheldrake. This episode is called How to Make Instagram Work for Your Business. In this episode, we talk about how to have a strategic approach to Instagram, tips and tools for execution, and we answer some of your Instagram conundrums. We hope you enjoy. we're really excited to share that we've been featured by Apple Podcasts in their Inspiring Women collection um, to celebrate International Women's Day. So we were totally chuffed and actually completely surprised when we were... Totally in shock. (laughs) Still in shock. I I just, I mean, maybe TMI, but I just got out of the shower and I was trying to, um, looking for some inspo. So I was browsing uh, the Inspiring Women collection and found our faces... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and was so oh, shocked. It took me about. Your face. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it took me about two hours to calm down. I was so. It was so shocked. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, when you sent that to me, I was just like, "What?" Oh, so amazing. We're, we're yeah. totally chuffed. Just want to say a massive thank you as well to everyone who's um, who's listened so far and subscribed and downloaded. It means so much to us. Yeah, and f- for all of your really kind and wonderful reviews as well, it's been really great. And also, don't forget that. You can um, join in the conversation and tell us more about what you'd want to hear by using the hashtag bossingitpod and tagging us at foundflourish. So whatever you want to hear more of or less of, (laughs) um, do let us know. And yeah, and we endeavour to bring you more great content. Also last week, we hosted an event um, for International Women's Day at Huckletree in Shoreditch in partnership with Silicon Drinkabout, which was absolutely incredible yeah it was if, a lot of fun can i say that i mean we hosted yeah, it yeah, but can absolutely I... <laughs> absolutely it's a team effort i mean our panelists were just incredible weren't they yeah so we had davinia tomlinson who is the founder of rain check which is aimed at empowering women financially with investment advice and financial planning we also had roberta luca who's a founder of bossa studios which is a bafta winning games development company and she also runs Beta Luca, which is a YouTube channel aimed at also assisting women to launch and grow businesses. So a woman after our own heart, certainly. And then finally, we had Fabian O'Neill from Cuckoo's Nest. Cuckoo's Nest is a co-working space with a creche based over in Farringdon. And they've just, um, actually just on Friday, they launched their crowdfunding campaign, which is currently open. So do search them and check them out because it's an amazing crowdfunding campaign to get involved with. It's going to be great. So yeah, with those powerhouses. um, And you on the panel. Well, you chairing it. You absolutely (laughs) smashed it. I thought it was fantastic. I, I, I absolutely loved every second. It was, it just had such a lovely energy. So many wonderful men and women there. And you could just tell everyone was hanging on every word of the panellists. They, they had confidence, but they weren't too confident. They had some fantastic advice. Their stories were inspiring. Yeah. I mean, as I say, I just loved every second of it. Yeah, do you know what was interesting is the kinds of questions actually that came up. I think people were really fascinated. So the panel was called From Idea to Creation, yeah. how um, which was sharing how these women had, you know, taken an idea. It's easy for all of us to have ideas. We have ideas all the time. How you take an idea and actually turn it into a reality and mm. a profitable reality at that, you know. Yeah. And and I think people were so interested in that process because that's probably, well, they don't have the data to back it up. 
I don't even know if you could capture that data, you know, how many people have had ideas. But not actually following them through. Exactly, but it's actually understanding that portion of time before Mm. you create enough momentum that is really interesting because once a business has a certain level of momentum it's it's rolling right there's opportunities come and and of course you still have to you know venture out and and it's still uphill but there's this there's this there's a magic moment where you create momentum and until that point you literally have nothing and you're pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and there is nothing coming back in return and that's that is probably the toughest time Mm. So how do you navigate that period? And people were really interested in the questions that came up about, you know, how do you structure your time, for example, which is really interesting. And how do you structure yeah. your time? And how do you prioritise how do you family, pri- life, personal life, work, you know? How you manage your finances mm. as well. You know, I think that I think that there's perhaps a misconception that, you know, you enter business to make money. And whilst obviously that's the goal, it's not an overnight thing you know you don't necessarily enter a business and you you don't turn over um you know decent revenue or decent profit for potentially you know years so it's how you navigate that and how you manage your personal finances all of these amazing questions made for such a great panel so if you weren't able to join us please do um actually i'd suggest following us on eventbrite yeah if you search Found and Flourish on Eventbrite, you can follow us there. And also just check out our website, subscribe to our newsletter. Yeah, we'll um, updates on what's coming up, don't we? Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, so head over to foundflourish.co.uk and you can stay up to date with everything that's going on. So without further ado... Awesome. Yeah, so this week we thought, based on your background in marketing consultancy and mine being in social media consultancy... We would, uh, I guess, bust some social media myths, talk a little bit about Instagram, how to get it to work for you, and also just offer any tools, tips, techniques and advice that we can kind of pass on to anyone who's looking to get a little bit more out of the platform. So we have some UK social media statistics here to sort of set the scene a little bit. 17.2 million monthly users are on Instagram, which is 26% of the UK population. That's huge. Over a quarter of the UK are on Instagram. That's massive. If that's not a reason to, to use and utilise the platform, I don't know what is. So the only other platforms that are greater than Instagram are Facebook and WhatsApp, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Facebook, Facebook chat, WhatsApp messenger, and then, and then Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, exactly. And 61% of those user base are 18 to 34 years old. Which doesn't surprise me because Facebook's become known as sort of the older person's platform. It re- it has. <laughs> Without it has. Consulting. No, no, it's so true. I haven't got statistics to back it up, but I remember a couple of years ago when I was um, researching into platforms for different age groups and Facebook, uh, the majority of their audience were between the ages of 45 and 55, which actually sounds quite old, doesn't it? Mm. But that's, you know, it's, it's been that way for a while now. I just remember hearing about um, interviews with younger people about where they spend their time and they just didn't want to be on Facebook because it's where their parents are. <laughs> and grandparents so and aunts and uncles. And suddenly you and get a friend request from your gran. You're like, uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Exactly. You get, you get poked by a cousin. You're like, hang on a minute. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, no. I don't want this. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's really interesting to think that, yeah, I mean, 25% of the UK population is huge. And the fact that, you know, if you are targeting people aged 18 to 34 that's where they are yeah exactly i mean comparatively twitter has 12.6 million users and snapchat only has 1.2 million so if we're comparing instagram is 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 up there yeah so i think it's important for everyone to remember that it's not just a frivolous platform where people post pictures of their 
dinner or the dogs or their dog you, you know like some people do <laughs> i do I'm my dogs. thank you we love kai though so for I anyone listening lara just day. pointed at me like, <laughs> you with your dog photos okay. sorry me with my baby photos yeah yeah, yeah. okay fine <laughs> we're as bad as each other um but yeah it's not but there's opportunity beyond that you know if mm. a quarter of the uk population are on this platform regularly that means that the likelihood is is your audience is probably there and if you can find a way to utilize the platform correctly then you have a way of communicating organically with those people yeah exactly. and creating a community for your business so it's not a frivolous platform and it is it should definitely be taken seriously by all businesses i couldn't agree more just to keep this really simple i'm going to give a sort of a basic overview of the considerations that you need to think about um just to get the most out of your platform so we'll start off with something really simple picture name and bio first appearances really do count so make sure these are relevant and a fair representation of your brand or business the name keep it simple brand colors is the picture clear concise you know all that kind of stuff so second one is post with purpose now guy kowaski and peg fitzpatrick authors of the art of social media say that you should always post content with the goal of your audience wanting to share it. And I think this is a really key one. If you think about the content you want to share, who is your audience? How are they going to receive it? How are they going to engage with it? Mm-hmm. You know, before you post something, think, is this going to add value to my audience? Mm-hmm. And is it something that they're then going to want to share with their friends or their network? This this is really interesting because this is something that, that is referenced in the book Contagious okay. um, by Jonah Berger. And what he talks about is social currency so the idea that actually by sharing things Mm -hmm. like whether if it's branded content say by sharing it that's people are are using that to demonstrate who they are as a person Mm, and the things that they believe in and and because they're they're essentially branding themselves as individuals so having in mind that people will people want to share this what i'm sharing too this piece of branded content is really important because that ultimately you know the book is called contagious it's about mm. going viral that's exactly. what's going to help you grow and potentially go viral yeah. by doing that yeah great consideration and of course it has to be eye-catching it needs to be visually pleasing on the eye um mm. and as i say again representative of your brand and its colors so if you are a company a brand and you're you know you're wondering if how you can get better engagement with your posts you know have a look at them when people go to your Instagram profile, they look at your grid as a whole. So don't just think about individual images. Think about, look at your profile, look at your picture, your bio and your grids. You've normally got nine displayed images. What? How do they look? Mm. How do people feel and what do they immediately see when they look at your profile? Is it eye-catching? Is it engaging? Do people then want to click on a picture and then have a look at what you're talking about? If you're unsure, what's um, what's really good to do is to actually ask friends and family, test it with other people, you know, ask them how they feel when they look at your profile or is it obvious what you're selling? Is it obvious what you're offering as a service maybe? Mm. And do you know what else is really interesting about what you've just said about eye-catching is I think that there's been a trend recently for branding to be quite minimal so Mm. kind of stripping back and um maybe using more muted colors or um maybe thinner fonts or something like that and actually this this minimalistic brand approach can be very detrimental to how people remember you so it's important that even though you might like things that are very muted and that may be very simple or very minimal they can also be forgettable. So even if you just choose like one colour or two colours or a really bold font or something like that, there has to be at least one thing which is really memorable. And unique to you. And unique to you and you need to use it all the time. Yeah, that's really good advice. 
I guess that's, you know, if, if we're just giving an example of, of what we do, you know, we've got three main brand colours that we mm -hmm. use consistently. So it's the pink, the green, the purple, um, and we like to keep it consistent in, I guess, the brightness, the, um, the way it's quite simple and yet bold kind of injection of colour mm -hmm. and something like that is is quite nice because if you have a, a running theme of for example colour then you can use a, a basic picture or you can you know put some text on an image but make sure that you've got that colour in the image somewhere keep it simple but you know when people look at it they're going to go ah oh, that's their brand so yeah. that's, that's really good advice and there are there are tools like visco so uh, vsco canva over unfold which helps you kind of create um sort of engaging video formats for your insta stories there are so many tools out there we'll make sure these are all in the show notes but you know if you're unsure of how to create eye-catching pictures do a bit of research have a look at competitors maybe see what they're doing um you know google apps to you know brighten up your your content there are so many things out there anyone can create engaging and eye-catching content you just you just need to find your voice understand your style and then keep it consistent mm. and i think certainly early on you know experiment with different things as well Absolutely. you know when you've only got say 100 200 followers or something like that that's the time to be experimenting yeah. and because then you'll really know what people react to and what resonates with people but certainly yeah don't be afraid to experiment and don't be afraid to go really really bold because if you think about how much content people are consuming all day every day if you haven't got something that's memorable you're just going to fade in into the to background. The rest, yeah, into the crowd. But like yeah. you say, there's so many tools out there now. Yeah, there are. And do you know what? If you've got over 100 followers, um, had a question from someone earlier when we when we put it out that we were going to be talking about Instagram's day. Um, and it was all around how, how can I understand where my content is being engaged? How can I listen to my audience and find out what's working, what isn't? Because they couldn't understand why some posts had a lot of likes and some didn't have any. Obviously, everyone's talking about the Instagram algorithm at the moment and how, you know, it, it either works in your favour or it doesn't. And I think it also depends on the time of day, the hashtags you use, uh, when your followers are online. All these things you can actually find out from the Insights tab on Instagram. And I'm not sure how many people know about this. So if you've got a business and you're on Instagram, you should have a company page on Facebook in parallel. Now, the reason why that is, is because for those of you who don't know, um, Facebook owns Instagram. So what happens is, is it's all integrated. If you have a Facebook company page and you then set up an Instagram and link it to that page, you have access to insights once you have over 100 followers. So what you can do then is you can then see um, the reach of your post, so how many people it's reaching, how many people are looking at it, how many people are liking it, whether they're male or female, where they are in the world, um, at what time of the day are they on Instagram. So all these insights you can start collating over time and over a couple of weeks, months, you can start to see patterns as well of which posts are more popular, when people are liking them, and, and then actually you can start gauging who your audience are mm. and what makes them tick. So yes, the algorithm has a big part to play in, you know, whether your posts show up at the top of someone's newsfeed, whether they even show up at all in the discovery page, depending on the hashtags you use, but a lot can be said for these insights. And then you can start tailoring your social media strategy and the content you post are like based on that. I guess, can you use stories to kind of help hack the algorithm in terms, like the, in terms of the grid? So for people who are seeing less engagement on their posts... 
by using stories that's going to keep you top of the page or front of mind so yes no? in a way yes <laughs> but what's what's interesting is your insta stories and your insta grid are completely separate so i mean that's obvious but in terms of the algorithm the more active you are on insta stories doesn't actually boost your um grid posts sort of higher up on people's news feeds however in response to what you're saying 100% if you're active on insta stories all the time and people look at your stories then you will show up at the beginning of their story um, library mm-hmm. which obviously you know shows that you're consistent in your posting and then people can continuously see your updated content and what you can do is there's a little it's like a paper airplane type symbol underneath your images that you post on your grid um what you can do is click that and then share it to your stories and then you can use a gif like tap here so then what happens is when people look at your stories they can see that you have an updated post on your instagrid so your profile they can click on it and then it takes them straight through to your profile mm-hmm. now that's a really good way of kind of linking all the content together but the algorithm doesn't actually boost up your kind of uh, appearance on feeds they're unrelated they're unrelated but using stories is a really good way of keeping you in the front of someone's mind but also you know highlighting when you've got a new post that you want them to go and look at Mm. so it's a great way of having like a call to action tap here have a look read about what i've just posted about engage Following on nicely from that, then I've put call to action here. So what do you want your audience to do with your post? Do you want them to share it? Do you want them to tag a friend in it? Do you want them to like it? So going back to basics, why are you posting? Do you want more followers? Do you want to sell something? Do you want people to go and read your blog? Um, Do you want people to buy a ticket for your event? You know, keep it really clear in terms of what you want people to do with the content you're putting out there. If it's just a branding exercise, then are you telling people about your brand? Do you have a personality behind it? Are you telling a story that people can engage with and follow? As I said, if you want to sell tickets to an event, make sure that you say, click link in bio and talk Mm. about the event and why people should want to go. Quite a lot of people say, you know, how do I get more likes or I want to get more followers? More followers are just more followers unless you know what you want to do with them. So I think it's really important that you ask yourself, what is it you want to get out of social media? And then work out a way of making Instagram work for you. If it's if it's more followers because you want people to go to your website, great. Tell them why they should be on your website and tell them how to find it. Yeah, and I think don't be afraid of being bold and asking for people to do what you want them to do exactly like people actually like instructions they They like to know the next step they want to know what to do with it and they (laughs) want it to be as simple as possible you know if you're talking about an event don't be mysterious and subtle about it say register now here is the link you know that's that's not being pushy no that's giving people actually what they want in a very simple way yeah, I think sometimes people can be afraid of being quite bold with their call to actions, but it's it's okay. Yeah. You know, people if they're not reading a mystery novel, no. they're not looking for <laughs> they're not looking for the small signs. They actually yeah. just want to know right there and then what you want them exactly. to do. Exactly. And there's no point you going to all this effort of putting some lovely creative together about an event you're putting on in a couple of weeks and they're not telling people how to go to it. So, exactly that. Tell people what you want them to do. And I guess my ne- my next point leads on quite nicely, which is promote yourself, use platforms like Instagram chat um, Facebook groups Twitter chats and forums um, share your content don't be afraid to PR yourself 
tell people how to find you, tell people what you want them to do. And as long as you believe you are offering value to your audience, you know, you're going to have substance, you're going to speak to people, you're going, people are going to resonate, resonate with what you're saying. Make sure you're doing yourself justice by encouraging people to engage with you and tell them how to engage with you. That's the point you want to get to with your business, isn't it? Where you think I'm creating so much value for Mm. my customers or for my community that ultimately if they don't know about this then I'm doing them a disservice exactly and by getting to that point that's what can give you the confidence to then as you say go out and Mm. PR and promote yourself because it's not it's not an exercise of ego it is actually I'm going to help these people understand and know more about the things they want to know about yeah Frankie I couldn't agree more we've actually had a couple of questions from our community so I'm gonna I'm gonna give a couple of examples here and see if we can answer them just to clear a few things up. So Poonam says, my biggest gripe with Instagram is hashtags. Relevant hashtags, how to find them, and are people actually using them or is it still, or is it all just people trying to get their business out there? How do you find people to buy your products? Okay, well there are so many different questions there, but I think to simplify things, when you're looking for hashtags, when you're looking for the right hashtags for your business, you first need to ask yourself, so what is it? What what is your business? What are you trying to sell? Is it a service? Is a is it a product? Who's your target audience? If, for example, you are an interior designer and you want to sell not only your services in interior design, but perhaps you've got some products, then you obviously use some obvious search terms. Think of it like SEO or anything else. Interior design. What types of products? Hashtag those product titles. What types of people are you looking at? You know, people who are interested in home style, maybe. And what you should start doing is almost writing like a word map of all the different words associated with the business that you're um, running or products that you're selling or services that you're offering. The next thing is there are platforms like Hashtagify and Wordstream, which we'll include in the um, show notes. But these are platforms that you can go on and put in, for example, interior design, and they come up with a bunch of popular hashtags that could be relevant to your product or to your profile. The reason why people use hashtags is because there's a discovery page and what happens is the more hashtags you use, especially relevant ones to people's searches, is that your post or your profile will show up on the discovery page based on the the search terms people are using. The most you can use is 30, so there's a limit on um, hashtags. My tip would be mix them up a little bit. We were talking about shadow banning last week. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't know about it. They don't know about it. So shadow banning is a term that I think has only been around the last year. Um, And it's all to do with the algorithm, Instagram's API, and the fact that they're really kind of tightening up on bots, people bulk posting and like mass copying and pasting and basically automating. Mm -hmm. They want to keep it, they want to keep it as authentic as possible. And they don't want it to start becoming this like automated bot centric platform where people are just basically being spammed all the time. Yeah, which happens bots a lot. Replying to bots. Yeah, yeah, which is just <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, yeah. what, what, what is the actual point? Um, so what they've done is, yeah, they've basically programmed it so that if people use the same, let's say, 30 hashtags over and over again, the platform will pick you up as basically a bot or that you're that you're using bot-like behavior. And shadow banning means that they take you off um, any kind of search platforms or discovery channels on Instagram for at least two weeks. So they, they basically ban you for two weeks coming up in anyone else's searches apart from the people that follow you. So that also um, applies to people who buy followers, buy likes, um, use the same, let's say you've got, 
you know, a number of comments and you want to respond, if you just copy and paste your response, you'll be shadow banned. Mm. So it, it's, it basically is just to deter people from, um, as, as I say, mass producing or, or copying and pasting and, and taking that authenticity out of, you know, your, your daily activity. Yeah, totally. There's no way to cheat the system, essentially. Mm. You know, there are ways you can enhance what you're doing and you can learn more about, you know, the platform and how it works and how you can increase your engagement, which is what we're talking about here. But you can't cheat, you can't fundamentally cheat the system. And social media is ultimately supposed to be social. It's supposed to be about interaction and community and sharing and and that kind of bot-like behaviour anyway. You might think it might win you a few followers or, or do something in the short term, but in the long term, they're not going to be engaged people. They're not really going to care about you. You're not actually going to have an intimate relationship with any of these people who follow your brand. You know, exactly. you're actually doing yourself a disservice because you're disservice. not you're not building loyalty. Yeah. You're just growing numbers for the sake of it. And actually, it's, ultimately, that's not going to help your business in any no. way whatsoever. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And it, and it sounds so simple. And I, we haven't really actually talked about it up until this point but it is all about being social it's about communicating engaging you can't just put stuff out there and then expect people to engage with you it's a two-way street you know you should be dedicating some time every day to communicate you know community management you know be a part of the community that you're you're building um it doesn't make any sense to just chuck a load of things out there and then expect people to receive them interact with them and you know you you've got to You've got to work at it. It's a relationship. Mm-hmm. And like any relationship, it's a two-way street. Exactly. And you can't just broadcast, which is what you're saying. You can't just blindly broadcast and think, well, what I'm what I'm saying is good, so people are going to like it. It doesn't work like that in the same no. way friendships don't work like that. You, or, exactly. or networking relationships, you can't just go out in real life exactly. and just talk at people and expect them to like your brand or to get on well with you. It doesn't work like that. It has to be a two-way thing. It has to have, yeah, there has to be engagement there and you can't automate that. No, you can't. I think personality goes a long way. Personality and and authenticity, 100%. So we've got another one here. One thing I genuinely don't understand is how do you convert liked adverts into people following you? I run adverts on Facebook and Instagram, usually when I forget to untick the Instagram box, and they often get thousands of likes on Insta, which sounds great until you discover that none of these people have actually followed you. So this, I think, is something that, yeah, quite a lot of people um, probably experience. Now, it really depends on what you want these people to do. If you're putting up a branding exercise advert where you want people to know about your brand, then maybe it's a case of you just want people to see that advert, understand that you're there and maybe like the post. More often than not, people probably want to get something a little bit more out of that exercise. So it's following you. Okay, then why do you want them to follow you? Um, maybe you want them to click through to a website and you want to increase web traffic maybe you've got a new product or sale line that you want to promote whatever it is you need to be really clear again about the call to action what do you want people to do when they've seen that ad a lot of the time people might see a really engaging ad think oh that's really nice i like that and then that's it mm-hmm. unless you say um you know there's there's options where you can select click through to website, buy product, um, visit profile. It really depends on what you want them to do. But then what you've got to be careful of is you need to make sure that the ad creative is relevant to your content and your brand visuals. Because if people like the advert and they click through to your profile and then it actually doesn't kind of sync up in terms of visuals, um, you know, the feel that they get when they go to your profile, then they're not going to want to follow you because they almost feel like they've been missold. Mm, Yeah, such a good point. You can't 
you can't just invest in that ad creative as you're saying as an isolated thing like it mm. has to be part of a bigger campaign and every step that you want people to take so if it is okay click through to profile the profile has to match the ad campaign yeah. and then from there what do you want people to do okay go to the website then the website has to reflect the same messages and it has to look the same have the same look and feel the same personality exactly um, comes back to consistency exactly and i think maybe sometimes what people do is not necessarily in this case um, per se, but one of the things to focus on is actually, right, before I spend money on an ad campaign, yeah. is everything else tidy and does it all make sense and does the journey that I'm asking people to go on, does it all tie up and is it coherent, as you say? And that can certainly help increase the um, the conversion rate across that Absolutely. campaign. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. So Cleo has said, how not to hate Instagram because you find it so frustrating. <laughs> Seriously, as a small business, I find a fine line between personal and brand very hard to walk and don't get nearly as many likes, follows or interaction as when I talk on my personal account rather than the brand. So I think what Cleo is experiencing is, is quite common as well. People do find that when um, you know they're sharing a personal story or something from their personal life, it, it, it does get a high engagement because people resonate with that. People buy into you as a person, as an, as an individual. They like hearing your story and following what you have to say. And of course, they're going to be engaged. And then when people post from their brand or business account, they then start to feel really deflated when they're not getting the same amount of engagement. Doesn't mean you can't be personal or personable. The brands that have the best levels of engagement are the ones that have a personality, basically. So it then comes back to tone of voice. Who are your audience? Who are you speaking to? How do you want them to receive your brand? What type of language do you want to use when you speak to them? Just because you're a business doesn't mean you can't talk to them about the small wins you've had or the hire that you've made or, you know, the new office that you've moved into. Whatever it is, it's it's nice to tell a story and that's actually something that Roberta talked about on the panel. I think a couple of them actually mentioned it. And I know that this was probably more around how to get people to buy into your brand and business, especially when you're looking for investment. But it's the same kind of thing. Tell a story about the business. Tell a story about how the brand came about, why you're selling these products or services, what it is you want to offer and how you want to make people's lives better. Because mm. I think that's when people will really be engaged with your content and what you have to say. Yeah, and don't be afraid to let people watch the the sort of behind the scenes of how your business is growing. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying share everything because, I mean, you definitely shouldn't. Yeah. And you should be very careful about what, what you share and how you curate um, the story, as you're saying, for your brand. But ultimately, share some behind the scenes. And if it's just you at the moment and you're a small business... Don't be afraid to let people know that that's the case. Yeah. I think often where people trip up, and I'm not saying that this is what Cleo is experiencing necessarily, but people want their business to look bigger and grander than it is and are therefore afraid of just sort of being like, oh, me again, just me, <laughs> um, you know, talking to you on here about my day or what's going on. That's, or... what, that's what's great about Insta stories. Exactly, but you should. And mm. if it's just you, that's okay. And yeah. And I think... Your biggest fans and the people who have been there since the beginning will love to watch you grow and to flourish and to see how, um, you know, your first hire or as your team grows and then showcase your team and their personalities and all of that. You know, ultimately what you want is to show the people behind the business and that's really what you need to focus on. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And just to speak to the first part of that question as well, which is how, how not to hate Instagram. 
I think it's important to remember to not put all of your eggs in one basket. Mm. So actually, rather than just thinking, well, Instagram is going to be the only tool for branding or for gaining new customers or building a community, trying to remember that there are other places as well that you can go. So whether it's so whether that's networking events or trade shows or whether it's or meetups, whatever. I think it's really easy to focus on the negatives of Instagram if you if you allow it to take up too much space in your business. And actually, ultimately, it should be a tool for you to assist you in your business, but it shouldn't be the be-all and end-all yeah, of everything. Really and point. actually, if you have a healthy relationship and you manage to kind of um, keep a fair bit of distance, use it, but don't let it use you. Keep mm. a healthy bit of distance. And it will slowly and organically grow if you do the right things. And actually, some days you'll wake up and you'll be really surprised. And you'll think, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, like, oh, this has grown. Or, oh, I didn't realize how well that was doing. And that surprise can only come if you actually also build, you know, other channels and marketing. Relationships. Exactly. In real life. <laughs> exactly. Beyond the platform, which I think is also really important. Yeah, I think that's a really good piece of advice. Great. Okay. So last question for today is from Lucy. She says, I think for me, it's how to easily translate my branding into Instagram. So being consistent with the colors, images I post as an example. And we've had a couple of people also agree that that's something that they want to know about. So we've probably covered this off um, to a certain degree. But I think if you're unsure how your images and the content is going to look in relation to your brand, then as we've said, you know, test a few things out. Use um, apps like Canva or Over. If you want to um, post a picture of you with a client, for example, or having a, a good day out, you know, at an event, you can always um, overlay that image with some of your branding colours. You can make sure that the caption or the content that or the writing that you use over it is your um, brand font, for example. There's so many different ways you can do this and keep it consistent. So if you're unsure how your posts are going to look in relation to your branding or your branding colours, your message, use an app like Preview, whereby you can put in your, um, you can kind of schedule your posts in, and then you can look at the overview of how your grid, your profile will look. And you can start moving them around and dragging and dropping until you've kind of got them in a in an order that works for you. And then you can see, oh, actually, that would look that would look better with a bit more color, or that would look good with an overlay of a of a graphic. Um, and that's a really simple tool to use just to give you a better visual idea of how your branding is going to look or how your content's going to look to someone when they first look at your profile. Such a good tip because I think sometimes things can look really great as a one-off but actually when they're put in the mix that's when you can lose that consistency and you can think actually you know they don't they don't flow together or they're not as coherent exactly as you might think but seeing them together can make all the difference so yeah I reckon that's it for now and we've got quite a few questions that we want to cover off so we're thinking of doing a part two aren't we yeah so we're thinking part two how not to let social media ruin your business life. Simple as that. <laughs> Essentially. So how you can actually make sure that you're, you know, actually what we just touched on before, how the platform can work for you but not use you because, mm. you know, it's so difficult, the relationship we have with social media. When we spend our free time on it, 
and our business time on it how do you draw the line and how do you manage that so it's a healthy relationship and ultimately it's not wasting your time as a business owner especially Mm -hmm. in the early days small business owners you haven't got the time to waste so don't get caught in the rabbit hole and we're going to talk about yes some some tips some techniques about how you can structure your time and answer a few more questions in part two awesome well we'll see you there guys thank you so much for listening this week As always, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts by searching Bossing It. Please do rate and review us if you enjoyed. And if you didn't, let us know why and how you feel that we might be able to improve our podcasts. You can follow us on social media at Found Flourish and hashtag Bossing It Pod to join the conversation. See you next week. Bye.